You are listening to the FCF Leadership Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the FCF Leadership Podcast, where we are talking about ministry and money. Today's topic is fundraising. Have you ever been trying to raise money for a project with your ministry or mission strip? Or are you just stuck in a rut with conveying heart? Well, recently I spoke with Brittany Stokes, who pretty much specializes in fundraising. Make sure you have a pen and paper nearby because, whoa, was she helpful. Enjoy. So tell us about your ministry. What's the name of it? Yeah, so my name is Brittany Stokes, and I am one of the co-founders of Project Orphans. Um, We started literally 10 years ago. And um, with the idea of basically helping couples who were overseas, who had planted roots and had taken kids um, off the streets and really had only like temporary living conditions. And so we wanted to support them by building them a home or purchasing a home so that they did not have to worry about rent or long-term living arrangements because they were caring for the orphan. And so fast forward, you know, five, six years, we really continue. We've, we did that in Guatemala and Haiti and Brazil and Uganda and Uganda just was somewhere that we continually felt pulled back to. And, um, about four and a half years ago, the Lord really put it on our hearts to, um, establish an NGO, much like a 501c3 here in the U S and plant roots in the country of Uganda. And so I think ever since we planted those roots, truly it just took off. Um, We have a hospital, we have a birthing center, a special needs center, um, a church. We we brought in foster care to the country and we went from two employees to about 40. Um, Mm. And so it's just taken off and it has been a journey of faith and a journey of um, just honestly, like truly miraculous moments um, that tr- it, it, it blows me away. How old were you 10 years ago? Um, so I was 21. Um, just yeah. a baby. Just a baby. Ain't I, I nothing like, but a number. Yes. I feel like um, I've lived a lot of years and. Yeah the past 10 years and seen a lot of things and experienced a lot of things, but, um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take back any of it. And you've grown in knowledge so much of what it takes to run a ministry, what it needs to function overseas and all of that. So do you do most of the fundraising in the United States? Yeah. So I would say that I'm the primary fundraiser, um, relationship builder is what I like to say. Um, Love that. Yeah. I think fundraising, you know, I had to get over the fact of asking for money or, you know, begging for money and truly just being a voice and telling a story and just being that interconnection. Um, And then it allows me not to feel pressure. If someone is prompted to hear a story or to hear a need and fill it, all my role is, is to share it and in between. And so that's what really helped me get comfortable um, with fundraising and not putting this expectation of um, a certain dollar amount. um, But it was truly, or even like a certain, um, you know, there's so many organizations 
charity waters, massive. Um, you know, there's so many ways you could feel very little, um, just starting out and, and that task is daunting. And so, yeah, taking it one day at a time and one story at a time and connecting people is really what has helped me, um, feel that I'm making impact. So that just leads me right into my first question, which is really what is the best way to fundraise? Is it talking more about the tax write-off or the vision? And you just said it, giving people a story and a vision of hearing exactly what their money is going to is the best thing. Yes. I think, um, you know, the tax write-off is great. Um, That doesn't help everyone. Um, And, you know, there's thresholds with that. Um, And I think having knowledge around those things are great. There's tools, um, for example, IRA rollovers or legacy giving. Um, There's definitely different um, ways to solicit donations and sponsorships. And I think it's important to diversify your funding pool. So not always lean heavy on grants, not, you know, always lean heavy on your church connections or ministry partners or your business partners or individual donors, but it's truly having a mix of all. And in that, um, making sure you're diversifying your portfolio in fundraising all the time. But in even all of those areas, whether it's a legacy donation or an IRS, you know, or IRA rollover contribution or a one-time gift, stories is what actually prompts someone to get. Right. That's awesome. So um, whenever you do specific fundraising, do you, you've talked about churches and relationships. What is like your biggest way to reach people? Do you do it in like all of these different facets, like social media, you visit churches, you visit businesses? Yeah. Um, I think honestly, search engine optimization for your website and uh, making sure that you are not a one size fits all, but like truly specific to what you're doing is super important um, that your message on your website, I say your website is your billboard. And so if it is confusing yep. or overwhelming, too much to read, if people can't get it within 10 seconds, they're moving on to find the purpose that they want to give to. And so just being able to grab that person's attention and immediately connect to them, whether that's in visual, I always think it's important to invest in your photography and into the things that make storytelling actually come alive. Mm -hmm. And um, also having different types of pools of buckets in order for people to give. So what we like to do is we have our Education for a Nation sponsorship program, our child sponsorship program. And that is something that anyone, $25 to $50 a month, can have direct relationship with. And I'm actually really excited during the pandemic um, because of the lockdown and, you know, not being able to travel we weren't able to go and get packages and mailings and letters. And so we went into a nine month um, building of an app and we developed an app from complete scratch so that we can have, um, for example, Whitney could go and sponsor a child and communicate or send gifts of impact. And our child sponsor um, or our child advocates who are in Uganda, when they go and do house visits or they go see the kids at the school, they get to show, hey, Whitney sent a message to you. Like, let's send a, you know, let's send a chat. And and so again, taking this like, you know, it, it's the ROI on relationship is indispensable. 
And so um, having that pool of like that entry level donor and then helping them, you know, have areas to give and see that impact immediately. So for example, on this app, they can send a goat and then our advocate will go take a picture of their sponsor child getting that goat or a goat in the community. And immediately they get to see the return on that investment and that impact. And so doing that for your donors at every level is so important. Um, sometimes people just concentrate on that larger gift. Mm-hmm. There's so much potential. And truly, I would say the best donors are the ones who show up every month, $25, $50, 100 a month, and they're consistently engaged and you know accountable to your organization and to your mission. I love that. So you do like one-time giving and then you also accept pledges or monthly giving, sure. which you, from an organizational standpoint, we love those consistent givers, like you said. Do you have a strategy of turning those one-time givers into consistent givers? So again, going back to relationship, I yeah. am always flabbergasted in hearing a donor say, well, I've been giving to this organization, you know, once a year, $5,000 a year and never was called or told what my impact of my gift was. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you guys did that for me and that is why I'm so excited to give. And so I love, we have our, um, we have our giving, you can give at any level, it's called the core. And at any level, you get an impact report every month. And that impact report tells you how much, everyone who's in the core is supporting Project Orphans and what in that month. And they get to see firsthand visually what that fundry, what that impact is. And so, and that is really that one-time giver, they end up giving again because, oh my gosh, I saw that my gift actually did something. It actually had purpose. And you'll lose people if they give, one month and then you wait three or four months to tell them thank you or what that was. People don't want to just hear thank you. They want to hear, hey, thank you so much. You purchased X, Y, and Z for so-and-so. And that really made an impact on her life. Yeah. And that moves them to do more or to think more or to consistently give more. That was another one of my questions. You're just anticipating what questions I'm going to ask, but that thank you. Like at what point do you talk to the person that has made a contribution? If you don't know them while we are talking about ministry, this could absolutely be applied to churches as well, because they're constantly getting, you know, monthly givers for tithing, or sometimes they just get one-time gifts from people that are passing by, but that immediate thank you. Here's what your contribution has done. Um, you know, it could be pledges like churches have specific things they're funding, they're raising funds for like children's ministry or a trip, or they need to repair something. And they can say, hey, you were this percentage of this goal. Thank you so much. It's yep. going to impact our kids, our community, whatever that may be. So I just love that. Yeah, I think everybody wants everybody. to hear it. Yeah, everyone, whether it is a church, whether it's an organization, whether it's a school raising funds, parents want to know what their funds went to and how that's the difference. And so, yeah, I think just being transparent, our world wants transparency in everything we do. 
And as long as you're being transparent now more than ever, because there are so many people asking for funds or there is so many needs and social media is overwhelming with causes, right? So if you are not going to be transparent and take down walls, people are going to be reluctant to give. That's fantastic. So, um, and it doesn't matter like the size of the donation, you acknowledge the gift, no matter what, it could be $5, it could be $5,000. Acknowledge it. 100%. You have to treat every donation like it's making a difference. And I think that's something that even in my small, like 10 years ago, I'll never, every dollar means so much. Because mm-hmm. it's always made, it was always faith and it was always, there was a need. And whether that was $5 for a meal or $5,000 to go and lay a foundation of a building, I mean, it was meeting life changing needs. And mm-hmm. at one point I needed the $5 and that was hard to start off with. And now, you know, so you, I appreciate anyone. And I think that there's always a humbleness that you have to have when it comes to receiving donations and stewarding those gifts and that relationship. So great. So you have done fundraising dinners before. I know that about you from previous conversations. Um, I want to take just a brief minute to talk about that because a lot of people do those to honor those core members Um, is that something you recommend people do, or is that not something you recommend a lot of people focus on? So I would say, um, so Project Orphans does a gala once every year, every other year. And we do it every other year because a, there's so much manpower that comes like goes into putting on a fundraising event. like that. And you don't want to, you want to be very careful about donor fatigue Um, You know, you do an event and two months later, you're asking them to sponsor a race and then the table again at the gala. So there is also a respect of your donors and whether if you feel like you're hitting a wall and you're showing that there's some donor fatigue, it may be better for you to go expand in a different city than continually pulse at the same donor base Mm -hmm. um, in those relationships. Um, so you have to really be cognizant of what your donors are saying and their behavior and what they're asking you for. I think events are great, um, to share your mission and to spread cause, but never to rely on that as your sole funding source. And I think the pandemic is a perfect example. There's a lot of organizations who truly raised funds at their operational funds at their gala or their events, and they're struggling because they couldn't do that for 18 months. And still people are, you know, slowly getting back into that. And so, um, again, diversifying how you share your story and the ways that it can get out there. And, you know, of course, if you can do an event, that's great. That's a great way to connect and network, but to not, again, rely on it as your only funding source. So you talked about reaching out to another city. Yeah. How would someone do that? How could you grow your base? Yeah. So I love the idea of, um, so you think of uh, Red Bull. They had Mm -hmm. brand ambassadors everywhere. If you can capture people who are committed to your cause, um, especially if it's not locally based. So like Project Orphans is overseas. You can really grasp it nationwide. 
But if you can have brand ambassadors or school ambassadors or teachers, you know, start there and then you empower them and equip them to join your team. Um, think of Rodan and Fields. Think of those um, skincare lines who, you know, just need to spread that cause. How can you make someone feel that they are receiving something for being part of your team? Mm-hmm. And whether that be monetary or not, and then you show up for them when they do an event or they're doing something at the school or they're doing a fundraiser on their own, you show up, you, you, you go there, you, you bring presence, you support. And so um, social media is a great way to find those type of influencers, to find those type of people who really, I will never negate those high schoolers who say, I want to do a race or I want to do a fundraiser. I mean, they'll raise $25,000 and mm-hmm. by just getting their friends there and, So you just got to get behind it and never lose the energy behind championing championing them to do that for you. We've mentioned social media. Mm -hmm. How impactful is that to you and the ministry? Social media for us is a great way to share our cause. Um, It is also a great way to connect and and connect with people on many different levels. It's Mm -hmm. always funny for me to see what type of um, stories or what type of content people are gravitating towards, um, what it brings in. But I also think sometimes the best way, I feel like our social media has really been helpful for those unique needs. Um, For example, we had a kid who had a cyst growing. He was one years old and he needed surgery. It's harder sometimes to get those pledges for a sponsorship table or those event tickets or, um, you know, just like more, it's harder to get those things. But social media, if you can give an image to a need and and place it to where that scroll stops, um, I think that has been probably the best way that we've used that as a fundraising tool beyond a storytelling. So for us, we try to use one-time needs um, that need to be fulfilled that maybe aren't um, operational or um, building, but they are story, John needs a heart or, you know, so-and-so needs his sister removed and this mother needs help and she's done all she can do. That's where we see our social media people rally behind us. And then Mm -hmm. from there, we can see who is um, really committed to those type of um, donations or those type of causes, and then build campaigns or relationships around those don- donors. Our conversation went on a bit longer, but to get access to that, you have to register for the FCF Quarter 3 event, Ministry and Money. This is a virtual conference where you will hear from many professionals talking about investing, breaking habits, financial vision, and of course, more tips with fundraising. For more information about the conference, please click the link in the description below, and I hope to see you all there. Join us next week where we continue to talk about ministry and money. Thanks for listening to the FCF Leadership Podcast. To learn more, go to fcf.org.